Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of the Geekspin Podcast, and I'm very excited to welcome Portland, Oregon-based filk trio, the PDX Broadsides, to the show. We're going to be talking about their start, singing dirty shanties, strange KGB spy programs, and how Christian is a jealous guitar guy. I'll also be spinning a few of their songs for you. We've got a lot to cover, so sit back and strap in, because the show is a go. To start off with, could I just ask you all to introduce yourselves? I'm Dr. Jessica Hebert. I'm Christian Lipsky. And I'm Hollyanna McCollum. And we are the, the PDX Broadsides. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do it. <laughs> All right, so I want to go back to the beginning. Uh, for people who are new to the band, when and where did the band get its start? Uh, September of 2011, Holly and I and our friend Brandy got drunk in a shed. True story. True, true story. <laughs> Uh, we were exhausted after doing, so at the time we were doing pirate events and Holly's like, I found these really great dirty shanties that are made for girls. And we went, okay, well, let's try them out. And a week later we were, um, at a, uh, a podcast for a local show called Geek in the City. And they said, oh, we would love to have some pirate shanties. And we kind of got pushed forward and sang these dirty girly pirate shanties and they're like that was a pdx broadsides and they thought they were very funny and we took the name um <laughs> so that was uh just over 10 years ago and then christian though christian will point out he doesn't think we were really a band until he joined us yeah and that was um summer of 2012 so less than a year later so yeah yeah, so we've been officially a band with Christian. It'll be 10 years this summer. That's official. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. Get drunk in sheds, kids. So where did you guys first uh, all meet? Theaters. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I met Holly because she was dating a dude who was in a show with me and Royal. And she knew Royal from previous theater stuff. Royal is my husband. And... Uh, we met Christian because he came to one of our broadside shows right. and he was, you were writing at the time. Yeah, right? I was covering the show because uh, it was Double Clicks and Mary you and Marion Call. Yeah, it was a geek. It was a, uh, was it a nerd night out? Yeah. It's yeah. like one of the first ones at the, uh, at the Elks Lodge. And uh, yeah, yeah, I went and talked, <laughs> I went up and talked to you. And, uh, yeah, and said uh, that I mentioned that I played guitar, and you mentioned that I was in the band. (laughs) And, and, uh, yeah, the rest is uh, history. We kind of had an audition. Like, we handed him our songbook and... Which was like three songs. Basically. (laughs) I I think we we had a couple of covers we were doing and a couple of things we were sort of playing with and said, if you could learn, like, one or two songs that would be great and he came to our next rehearsal and he had learned everything and we went well all right (laughs) you're in and then he says i'm not a guitarist (laughs) not really not really a guitarist i'm a drummer too late yeah yep (laughs) yeah there wasn't an opening for a drummer at that point so still isn't (laughs) (laughs) nor should there be no. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, we're we're almost a decade. Oof. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Five 
studio albums, mm -hmm. a live album, a bunch of EPs, a couple tours, and a partridge in a pear tree, and here we are. Yep. There you have it. So your first album, Take Everything, um, it featured a lot of parodies, now shanties, and covers. When did the band really decide to start writing your own material? Yes. Right after that? Album. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but you know what? It, during that, yeah, because Aim to Misbehave was one of the first ones. Yeah. Uh, confession song, Aim to Misbehave. Yeah, the, the, the originals on that one were mostly recent, like done while we were putting stuff together for the album. So it was, it was there. Take Everything was kind of a practice I think for us, we recorded it uh, in what we called the murder room at Christian's house because it was full of axes, um, you know, guitars. Yeah. And uh, we just, we recorded it on our own. Christian mixed it and uh, we just kind of put it out there to see what would happen. And after it was done, we're like, oh, we could totally make albums. Let's go to a, a studio next time. That's yep. probably a good idea. Well, and that, that's what we did. And in the in between time, we also kind of shifted the way that we performed because we'd really only performed prior to that at like pirate festivals and rent their kind of things. Mm -hmm. And um, at, we started going to uh, open mic nights at a, a pub in Portland here and like experimenting with our our stage personas and different types of songs and things and seeing how those things landed so we started to shift away to the style of performance that yeah so how did each of you get uh, your start on music it was 1927 basically oklahoma city no it That's was what jackson's story not, <laughs> no uh <clears throat> How did I, my, my start in music was I wanted to be in my band, in the school band in, uh, I'm going to say eighth grade. And they said, what do you want to play? And I said, I want to play cornet because I want to play the Superman theme. <laughs> and I spent about 15 or 20 minutes <laughs> blattering off the back deck went into went into uh the band the class the next day and they said play a g and i went purr and they said that's not it and i said i want to play drums because <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot easier and didn't take as much practice uh and then um after i uh i went to college and you couldn't bring drums with you and i needed some sort of musical outlet so i uh I, uh, I found a, a David Bowie songbook where it shows you where to put your fingers on the little chord things. And I said, I could learn how to do that. And so that was 75 years ago tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Again, basically. Yeah. Bowie. Holly? I missed the question. Was it how I got started? Uh, yeah. Music. Um, I just, I did a lot of theater. My background um, from the time I was about... Um, as old as the band, uh, I started doing theater in at the college in the town that I grew up in, and um, just kept doing it. And then somehow, accidentally ended up in the sort of pirate world um, because I just wanted a place to sing and perform. Um, 
I got my start young. Um, we can thank the Lutheran Church for my musical start uh, because if you don't learn harmonies in the congregation at a Lutheran church, like really quickly, what are you even doing? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of part of the culture. Um, I started taking piano lessons at five and um, just kind of kept up with it. But it was in high school where I always thought, like, I kept getting put in the soprano section because I had a very strong voice. And it wasn't until my teacher realized that I had a big range and that I could hear stuff um, that I, I joined the altos and the, the seconds. And then I started doing state choirs and things. And they were like, what part do you want? And I'm like, wherever. So I sang in all state choirs, everything from soprano one to alto three, uh, just because, I mean, the girl's loud. <laughs> put me where you need me. Um, once I left for college, I had a music scholarship to University of North Dakota, but I chose to go to Minnesota State um, in Moorhead instead. And I had a music scholarship my first year, but I also had a science scholarship. And uh, after my first year, they're like, great. So if you want more money for music, you have to major in it. I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so I'm out. Uh, and it was a uh, little bit of theater, a little bit of piracy uh, that made me get back into music again. But I mean, the piano really came about because one day uh, my sister was staying with me for a little while, had her keyboard here. And Holly and Christian came in one day and they're like, since when do you play the piano? I'm like, I don't know, since always. So <laughs> yeah, the band has been responsible for me getting back into playing other instruments and things. And that's been nice. How do you collaborate when you're uh, actually writing your music? What's your songwriting <laughs> process like? A lot of yelling. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. Uh, we we often write, at least the 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 lyric at least for me i write the lyrics on my own because i don't write music i don't have enough knowledge of it so i'll write uh i'll write some lyrics and then just send it off to one of them um there are some songs that we have entirely collaborated on that yeah. we've written together um particularly some of the ones that we've done for kickstarter campaigns and things where we'll just sit and just sort of like tool it around i think um, in that case it's because we've been given an idea yeah. Versus we're coming in with an idea. Yeah. Um, so when we've got an idea, like for the Kickstarter song, something that someone's already given us, we're like, okay, so we have to write a Buffy-inspired song versus like being inspired by something around us and writing the song out and then bringing it to the band to woodshed it. Yeah. Or sometimes Christian will just play a particularly interesting set of chords and that will just evolve into... A yeah, song. Yeah. That's Just, a song now. <laughs> hot seat. <laughs> yeah. Hot seat. Yeah, hot seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's coming. Uh, that's one of our, our new songs we've been working so on. Weird. It's the dumber the better, I think. Um, I mean, we write very serious things too about uh, mental health and love and uh, life, uh, but. It's sometimes fun to just write like songs about being a hot mess or <laughs> um, how much we really love breakfast, yeah. which is not tr yeah. not true. Holly hates breakfast. I love the idea of it, though. 
I love the concept, and I want to share it with people. And we in a song, it can remain a concept forever. <laughs> we go to brunch, and Holly orders a burger. Like, that's that's how it is. Breakfast food offends her. I, well, I also I, spent seven years at Starbucks, so <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah. The fun thing was she didn't even work there. She just started I was just there. Yeah. Just hanging out. It was really awkward when the pandemic came around because they were like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you have to leave. But uh, um, yeah, a lot of times uh, we'll have an idea for a song, uh, whether it comes from a Kickstarter reward or just something that someone has brought up and we'll throw out ideas um, phrases or funny concepts or something, an idea about the story or something like that. And then someone, someone will take it at some point and then kind of flesh it out more. And then, um, Jess and I'll work on music back and forth. Um, just trying to make it interesting. Yeah. We work on the instrumental bits, but I mean, Holly also writes melodies and, mm-hmm can also tell us when a chord sounds weird. That happens. I can't tell them why. I can just tell them that it does. That's yep. totally <laughs> And fun. then we find, we're like, oh, because Christian's in love with E minor 7 flat 5. Duh. It's the best. <laughs> the uh, Christmas chord. But, um, yeah, uh, like Holly, when you've come in with lyrics and stuff, some, you'll have an idea of how you want the music to go or what sort of mood that it needs to portray, which is great. I think that concept is really that is really great that we can play with and go, okay, well, we'll try this or that. So which one of your songs do you think has the craziest or oddest backstory? Oh, hmm. I can't think of any songs that we've done, so. Buffalo's a good one. Buffalo's great. Yeah, I think that's good. Tell the story. It's a good story. Oh, my God. Because I'm in it. We're at uh, Emerald City Comic Con, which is in Seattle, a few years ago. And at the time, we had a a table in this little setup they called Music Alley. At the time, we used to tell people when they came up to our table, like, hey, what are you into? We've got little headphones. You can listen to um, whatever we've got. But we write songs about everything. Challenge us. What are you into? What are you into? And this guy comes up to the table... And Christian looks him in the eye and gives him that spiel. The guy just dead ass leans in when Christian says, so what are you into? And he goes, Buffalo. And that was it. It was one word. That was all he said. He was not forthcoming about Buff- what kind of buffalo, like the city, the animal. The sauce. The verb. Like <laughs> anything. And that was all he said. And so Christian pulled out guitar and started to play. It was a challenge. He was really coming up to me mm. and just like, like Buffalo. He was like, all right. Two of the first three chords that came to mind, just. It was straight out. And he's like, I wrote a Buffalo. It was very shaggy. And the guy wandered off and jokes on him because uh, it's a song now. It's on an album. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> We write about the things that we love and about the things that strike us. And so I would say a lot of our songs have backstories to us that seem like normal. But then we, uh, if you go to Bandcamp, we've got commentaries for the last three albums. And we talk about what inspired the songs. Mm-hmm. And well, you're like, yeah, uh, uh, Acoustic Kitty. That mm-hmm. one came from uh, the, the weirdest 
like offshoot of it is that Paul and Storm have a song called like Chicken Nugget Man. And I wanted my own Chicken Nugget Man, Man song. I wanted a song about some weird factoid from history. So I literally started searching weird stories from history and I stumbled upon this old story of like a CIA operation where they outfitted live cats with radio transmitters so that they could spy on the KGB. And it's it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Except it went very poorly because immediately after they launched the program, and by the program I mean the cat, it got hit by a taxi and was killed. And then they were like, well, that was a lot of money for a car accident. Uh, so I wrote a song about it. I love that you explain all of that on stage and it ends up being like longer than the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good story. It's a good story. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Uh, I wanted to write a song about Nathan Fillion sure. for like a year. And of course, it was on the way home from our last recording session for Aim to Misbehave. I got stuck in Blazers traffic, and out of nowhere, I've got my window down. I'm just screaming these, this song at traffic about how much I love Nathan Fillion's butt. Um, I got home, recorded a little bit of it. We all thought it was funny, so we sang it at the album release party, and fans were pissed because it wasn't on the album. So we had to make another album. <laughs> just for that song, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which is why there's a ballad version out there, too, on the EP. Yeah. Very sweet. Very sweet. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Nathan Fillion, do a little dance. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. I threw my spoon across the room When I saw that perfect moon I didn't know just what to do So I hit rewind And when his rear appeared again I had to slowly count to ten I thought my heart would surely rend From seeing that behind Nathan Fillion Please take off your pants Nathan Fillion Please take off your pants Nathan Fillion Do a little dance Nathan Fillion Take off your pants. I rewatched all of Firefly in vain attempt to espy if what was Underfly was really quite that grand. They call him one and much ado, but I'm feeling rather blue. It lacks it, but we want to view the finest in the land. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Nathan Fillion, do a little dance. Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Hold down! Take off your pants. Well, Nathan Billion, please take 
So Relatable Content had several songs out where you're talking about mental health and mental illness. Uh, songs like Jerk Brain, The Alligators, Serotonin Dopamine. Um, what are your own experiences with some of the, that subject matter? It's all true. <laughs> right? What you know. Well, we thought it was bad, and then it yeah. got worse. So yeah. we, I guess we were the Cassandras of our time. Oops. Yeah, sorry about it. We didn't even pay attention to us. That's the worst part about <laughs> the worst Cassandras ever. Uh, yeah I mean that's I mean, that's that's what it is you write about like what you know I mean you don't have to write about what you know but it doesn't ring true I think unless it's coming from you know a place of knowledge or experience and that's at least true for serotonin dopamine which is about anxiety and feeling like everything's on fire all the time and it helps us unpack some of those things too. Yeah, you know, to, to put a, put to, words to it or mm-hmm. put description to it. Yeah. 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 We all, we could all use a little more serotonin dopamine. I really thought that they were actually some of the most uh, powerful songs on the uh, on the album. They're definitely some of my favorites. Thank you. I we we've kind of grown up a little. I mean, our last two albums are relatable content and trust issues so i mean we we sing about fandoms and feelings it's what we do and i don't think i mean we could force something and say let's write a song about naruto i don't know anything about naruto (laughs) uh so it wouldn't be authentic it would be very surface whatever's in the wikipedia article god do we know about jerk brains yeah yeah the that, next one's going to be called Getting Over Ourselves. <laughs> it's not. I just Getting over it. That's a good idea. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, so we, yeah, we started out being like very fandom oriented and it's like, let's write a song about Firefly. Let's write a song about Doctor Who. Um, because it, it's things, there are things that our audience or that people um, can relate to, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to connect with, um, fans of star trek fantastic um but also i think we've realized as we've gone on that that a lot of people can relate to the concept of mental issues yeah and uh and talking about it is what makes it more normal and less um stigmatized and also helps helps get it out yeah sometimes those things fit into the context of a fandom Mm -hmm. Uh, like um, Orpheus is was about the Me Too movement, but also you know Greek mythology, which I I love Lore Olympus so so much, um, and I it was nice to get to explore some aspects of mythology while writing that song. So I mean it's it's still a blend of things. But it's always fun too when those things like when the song is general enough and not specific to a fandom that like if it touches on those things that's great and you can reckon like fans can recognize those feelings and those emotions in the songs but also you can apply it elsewhere it's mm-hmm. like uh annie from the maidens came up to me and said she really loved my song um far away and distant one and she wanted to know what it was about and i was like well what, why don't you tell me what you think it's about and she said she thought it was about a cockroach singing a love song to an exterminator because it talks about killing, killing all off friends. all your friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is fantastic. But it was actually about falling in love with the Dalek because, you know, they're really smart but quite evil and, design, you know, 
most likely to, you know, kill off all your friends. <laughs> now, yeah, I used to get upset because, like, you'd read interviews with, like, David Bowie, and, and he would never talk about what his songs were about. Mm-hmm. But it's not up to... It, exactly. Not like, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you have an idea when you wrote it, but that doesn't mean that, like, when it... Right? Like, the, <laughs> a plan never survives first contact with the enemy. Yeah. Like, once this song hits your ears it gets translated into something and that's just as valid as what it was to you when you wrote it. Right. Yeah. When you put a song, when we put a piece of ourselves out there, we hope that it connects, but the way that it's going to connect is going to be different for every person. We just, you know, hope that mm-hmm. that connection feels good and genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever it happens to be. <laughs> Even if it's about cockroaches. Relatable content has kind of become our pandemic album. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. I, I hope that it helps uh, lift you up a little bit when times are not very lifty. When everything's on fire. <laughs> Friday morning, sun is shining, birds are darting in the sky. I am waking, barely stretching, and already I want to cry. You are cloudless, I'm a rainstorm, clattering down in a warm July. Occupy this moment right Sometimes I don't listen when I should Cause the alligators tell me I'm no good Oh, they will snap their jaws They will thrash their tails They'll lick their pointed teeth Drum their awful nails Saying you aren't very smart You're such a stupid freak The alligators will eat you If you listen to them speak Near the window, feeling restless I need to take a walk outside I am watching, I am waiting 
Until I feel the moment's right You're a lion always roaring And I'm just trying to win this fight Dumpster or dumpster fire ornaments for 2016. I, 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 I was putting those on the tree. I got it out and I was Aww. like, remember when we thought that was the worst? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, no, our next album should be still relatable. Hail the new year. Why so lessons. relatable? And non-binary friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> non-binary Christmas carols. I just had an idea. So your albums often feature guest musicians uh, like Betsy Tenney, Chris Waffle, Audrey Weber, Sonny Larson. Um, what drove the band to bring them on? We like them. We don't know how to play violin <laughs> or cello. We, we have actually something that Holly said, like, we're surrounded by talented people. Why wouldn't we want to, like, hang out with them? And they've had us guest on their albums, too. We've been on two or three Double, Double Clicks albums. Um uh, mega thruster, like you were essentially. Half I was of the. Mega I was half a mega thruster for their album Twenty Sided Vice. That's right. Yep. Uh, so we, like, it's it's a community effort, and um, we also just like when we do conventions, and hopefully we will again. Um, it's nice to collaborate with those folks and just jam out and have a good time. So. Also, there are some there are some songs that we do that that just like cry out mm-hmm. for something specific a lot of times it's strings There's like it's cello. cello yeah you know what i mean there there's some that just like oh man that would just make yeah. just really hit that spot in the song and so who do we know who do we know mm-hmm. who does this who do we know who plays bass yeah. that would be great do 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 yeah. that'd be awesome and then they have to hang out with us and have pizza so it's terrible <laughs> oh no it's worse um. And that's one thing I want to ask you about. I mean, the band has very stripped down, but very full sound. Uh, the harmonies that you guys bring out with uh, just the three voices, piano and guitar, amazing. But have you ever thought about bringing on other no. musicians? 
Uh, one, thank you very much for saying that we sound full with the three of us and like guitar and piano and sometimes neither of those things. But um, Christian is... Uh, I'm a jealous God. He's an only <laughs> child. Uh, <laughs> That'll be news to my brother. When I uh, when I started playing keys, I think it was I was already here and also brought a different sound. But Christian also plays drums and a bunch of other things, and yeah. Also, the dynamic with three of us works really well. Yeah, this is a ten year dynamic uh, with the three of us, and I think bringing someone else on would just be it would just be strange. I think a little difficult. And it's hard enough to schedule rehearsals with three people, so a four would be ridiculous. Uh, I know, as much as it would be nice to have like a full band with drums and bass and piano and guitar and stuff. We like a short sound check. Heck, (laughs) yes. Uh, People who sound check love us because we know exactly what we want. We have a sound check song called the sound check song Mm -hmm. and uh we just like we know exactly what it is and so we're usually in and out in just a few minutes and they're always like you guys are so great up next the 19 part trio and they've got like usually a trio who all of a sudden have (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the instruments but i think it's more than just like sound and 10 years together as a band i mean we've also been through a lot together as friends mm-hmm. and i think that that history and the ways that we've learned to uh communicate with each other i mean we've all been in therapy for most of that time uh helps awesome. <laughs> it helps us yeah. communicate with each other <laughs> therapy's a great thing i'm serious like even people who don't have jerk brains, mm-hmm. therapy's great. And so far, we haven't had to go together. No, yeah. we haven't had... Triples therapy. <laughs> yeah. Band therapy. Good glory. I know that it exists. What if the Beatles have tried? I saw it on the Metallica documentary. <gasps> no! Yeah, that's a the, some kind of monster. They recorded like them making the album, and part of it was having their therapist there. <clears throat> to talk with all of them and their relationship. It's it's nonsense and we should watch it. <laughs> but also we have a also we have a particular sound. You know what I mean? We have that stripped down sound. It's it's a lot more folky. And you know, I don't know what having another person would do. I wouldn't be able to find a note. <laughs> let's never There's let's only never so find many out. notes. Uh, Thank you for asking that question, though, because that's not something I don't think anyone's ever asked before. No, and it made us actually think, like, what would... Nope. <laughs> we have collaborated a couple times. We've had some sort of, like, ghost additional members. Yeah, and when we've there done... there was the original with uh, Brandy. Right. And then we did one YouTube video with our friend Heather. Mm-hmm. And we've had, I mean, guests when we do live shows and stuff. But, you know, as a core, this is it. Sorry. How do you feel the band's changed over the years? Ooh. We have gotten <clears throat> a lot more musically mature, both in, in instrumenta- uh, <clears throat> sorry, instrumentally and lyrically. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, the, if you look at the stuff we wrote, first album, take everything through... You, it's just astronomical how the how it's changed 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree too. And I think like, I will say I still appreciate going back to some of the old, like we just picked up um, like my kind of bar. And when we first got back together after the pandemic, we went through our, our whole songbook, just like everything. trying everything. Like some of these songs were really good. Change like, the locks. Like, yeah. yeah. I love that one. Like we started off at a pretty good place and it's good to remember that. But I think it's it's been fun to sort of explore our different ideas over the years mm-hmm. and share them with each other and learn how to communicate better if like you know one of us works on a song and because I remember like early in the process I wrote a song about um like it was the grammar love song oh yeah something mm-hmm. and they put music to it and and it wasn't working and I didn't like it and we just put that song to bed forever because there like, would be no discussion because it because we got upset talk about it. and like I, I upset them by not being able to communicate and like not it, so that song's gone forever, but we're better now at like discussing. Maybe for a twenty-year <laughs> album, we can revisit it. By then, the trauma will have passed. <laughs> uh, I mean, also with ten years, where I think our values, uh, each one of us, they haven't necessarily changed. We've changed as humans, a and, lot. <laughs> uh, but we've also grown together and that's really important. We've experienced a lot of those changes together. Um, and we have a PhD now. Oh yeah. I have a PhD and uh, a baby on the way. So that's been a big change. Uh, Holly got a degree. Uh, Holly got her bachelor's while we were doing banding things on the road. Even I'm certified in JIRA and Confluence. Yes, you are. So that's something. We all got we all got animals. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, that that's really true. It's, yeah, there's also the 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 connection that we have between us that ties back to why we can't have someone else because those the just everything that we've gone through, tours well, and we would. Who, where bites. would that person sit on the plane? We already have our, our seats figured out. You know, Christian's the window seat. She's the aisle. I'm the middle. Yeah, there's, there's only three. Room. There's only three. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to fly again. That'll be exciting. Mm. Who are some of your musical influences? Who, um, as a band or individuals? Christian, I know yours. on my sleeve baby on my sleeve I mean they're all so different (laughs) that is the best I love we have wildly different musical tastes that occasionally converge together with like uh, Kesha or something yeah (laughs) no it's very true Um, I would say that some of the things that brought us together initially like I love Stephen Lynch um I love comedy musicians um mm-hmm. uh oh my god Paul and uh, Storm Paul and Storm um Tom uh Lehrer Tom Lehrer thank you um just really smart funny uh not always funny but you know smart music helped Tim. influence us <clears throat> Tim Minchin yeah mm-hmm. Bo Burnham uh Tenacious D just for me, at least. Garfunkel but yeah, and Oates. This, just mm-hmm. Garfunkel and Oates. Mm-hmm. Garfunkel and Oates for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The comedy. Yeah, comedy music. I think was a big thing. But what influences each one of our styles tends to be a little bit more wide ranging. <laughs> so uh, everything from 
the the Beatles to Bowie to um, I have a big fan of Incubus. Um, so, yep. And I just bring a lot of musical theater to the table. No, that happens. <laughs> no, there's definitely musical theater going on for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Bowie, yeah, Bowie, Enough's Enough. Some of the um, power pop stuff, jangle pop. Yep. Here recently, I've been really influenced by Dessa. Um, just smart as heck and where I can't spit like she does like I really appreciate the way that she melds lyrics with a really smooth melody and ah so good last night I dreamed I found a fish and made him my dear friend she licked my wounds and made me think that loneliness could end. She held more magic in a fin than the ocean could contain. And even when the waves run high, I love her just the same. I want a house that can walk me to the store. And I want the cat bus to show up at my door. I want to make friends with the fire that cooks my breakfast every day. I'm dreaming Miyazaki dreams and I just want to stay asleep. My house is filled with soot sprites and I can't laugh them away. I'm restless and just wishing for a friend to bright my day. I found him in the woods to be so magical and strange. Made my garden grow and brought me laughter for a change. I want a house that can walk me to the store. And I want the cat bus to show up at my door. I want to make friends with the fire that cooks my breakfast every day. I'm dreaming Miyazaki dreams and I just want to stay asleep. When I am lonely in a world that's not my own Forgot my name and cannot cross the river to get home But even when the nightmares come, they can't tear me apart Cause I've got magic in my pocket and got love here in my heart I want a house that can walk me to the store And I want the cat bus to show up at my door my breakfast every day dreaming Miyazaki dreams and I just want to stay child would like to know which anime would you recommend mm. you mean besides Miyazaki movies <laughs> does that not count uh, how old is your middle child before I make a recommendation uh, 12 going on about 20 okay mm-hmm. yeah Holly Holly got me into a don't terrible say anime don't say that one <laughs> it was years ago no I won't I won't even mention what the name of it was because it was terrible and we would oh, text each other now. 
Um, no, I, I can't. I can't. One, because I don't even remember what it was called. Oh, Why would you say it? <laughs> All right. Uh, anime. Invader Zim. Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Of course. Classic. Yeah. That's one of the only ones I know. Yeah. I don't know. There's, I, my brain immediately goes Miyazaki and Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. I guess. is. hmm mm-hmm. Um, because I also used to watch a lot of absolute garbage that I don't want to recommend. <laughs> Sailor Moon! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never watched Sailor Moon. Oh my god, my wife wa- has watched all of it now. All it's all on... All. I started watching it recently, mm-hmm. and um, I, I'm afraid I don't get it. I love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. You see a lot of anime um, quotes in other animated shows. You know what I mean? Like stylized things, like when the character is embarrassed, mm-hmm. they get that mm-hmm. that look on their face. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's different from their normal. Like uh, Centaur World is uh, has a lot of that uh, sort of anime feel in the characters, but is also a musical. So, oh, yeah. that's great. So how has the pandemic affected the band as a whole and individually? God. How we much, don't tour. How much time do you have? I mean, it's been... When's the last time we played anywhere? That's That's been the killer, is just not having, not being able to play live gigs in front of people. That sucks. And we weren't rehearsing either. Uh, yeah. We, we were all same. in our own little bubbles. Uh, we had a couple gigs in like January of 2020. We had a rehearsal in early February, and then like... All of us got really sick, and we didn't. Then, uh, but not COVID, with COVID. <laughs> maybe just not sure. And then the shutdowns and everything started happening. So from February 2020 to April 2021, we did not get together. Not a thing. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, we. Uh, we just were in totally separate worlds. Uh, but when we started rehearsing again, we were rehearsing um, on my porch, on my back porch with mm-hmm. heaters on, and we just kind of stayed outside for a while. And now when we get together, it's like nobody's been around anyone who's sick. Everybody's been safe. Everybody's been wearing N95s. Okay, great. We can be in the same room. Yeah. So, yeah, as a band, that's been... That's been it, like the just not being able to get together for so long, and now not being able to to play live. It really uh, it hurts. And we have a whole album's worth. At, we have a double yeah. album at least. least. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we haven't stopped just writing. waiting. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. And we've been recording some things for Kickstarter and other stuff, but yeah, it's it's hard to be creative. When you feel fatigued. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. And yeah, I, it really hurts your drive. And, but I think also the songs that we have been producing have been the more fun, more like frivolous, because that's the kind of stuff that we were gravitating what? towards. Yeah. So we were like, we need, we need a song that's fun, goofy, and upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what you need to hold on to when you don't have it around yeah. you. That's true. So can you tell me about a favorite memory associated with touring with each other? <laughs> Were we rolling on that? <laughs> Did you get that on tape? Did you get that on tape? Bucky didn't... Re-
No. <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a favorite. I mean, my, my first instinct was the house concert in Tawasson. Oh, yeah. Um, which was, you know, the, this family that actually... Uh, was it off our Kickstarter that yep. they, they bought, yep. they bought the a house, house concert? concert. We've never met them before. <laughs> and they're in Canada up in, in uh, Tuasin. Yeah. Like, okay, you want us to come international to play a party? Right on. Yeah, that was fantastic. And and we get there, and it's just, they had this beautiful setup, and they had, like, I, I figured there'd be just a small handful of people who were like, who are these folks? But we had this full beautifully attentive wonderful audience that was very excited to see us and we're like singing along with the songs by the time we got to the end of them and mm-hmm. their living just... room was like the size of a hotel lobby <laughs> and it was packed full of people now i can't even imagine doing it was that. so nice yeah but it was and they were wonderful that was a, a great show yeah We've had a lot of like really unique opportunities in our East Coast tour. Just that was a whole different thing for us with just you know being on the road and driving long distances because mm-hmm. we drove up the coast. Mm. We figured out who can drive and who can't. <laughs> I think we can all drive. We can all drive. Holly drove into wow. Brooklyn. Brooklyn in rush hour. In rush hour traffic, and that was amazing. Uh, uh, we had a couple good house concerts on that tour, mm-hmm. but some of the best stuff was like we made sure to take some time off. Yep. So we went to the Smithsonian, um, the uh, uh, American History Museum, and we went to uh, we saw Betrayal when wow. we were on Broadway wow. and got to see Tom Hiddleston and Charlie Cox uh, live, and they were it was amazing. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was great. What else did we do? Oh, there was that weird, like, library convention in Las Vegas. Where <gasps> Las Vegas, Clark like County Library Festival. Stunning, like, the best lighting I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. I just want that light lighting in my bedroom. You know? Yeah. I looked amazing under their very expensive light system. Yeah, Vegas Valley Festival. Uh, put on by yeah. put on by Las Vegas Clark County Library. So you know, in Las Vegas, there's a lot of money going in and out, a lot of taxes being paid, and a lot of those taxes go to the library. And this library had an auditorium that was like the Hollywood Bowl, the Stunning. stage and everything. And they just they flew people out for this this like a little well, comic convention wasn't it they, they came up to us at Emerald City Comic Con and they're like well we'd really love to bring you out to Vegas for this con and we're like okay well I'll see you later mm-hmm. and then they did and then they did they brought us chocolate to, to bribe us to come to Las Vegas that's and right. we're like that's right. oh yeah don't throw us in the briar patch right. Las Vegas yeah and we, Jess wonderful. and I had never been before too so it was just, yeah it was yeah. a good visit <laughs> we had a good time Got to table next to uh, Jay and Miles explain the X Men and hang out with some cool people. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we've been very lucky. Dragon Con, which I mean, uh, we we don't even have time to get into Dragon Con, uh, but one day we'll be back. (laughs) So it's we've we've had a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of rum buckets along the way. And that actually brings me to another question. Um, has being in the band ever opened the door to meeting a fav- favorite celebrity or musician? 
I mean, well, I did get to meet us. Brush, um, brush into uh, John Barrowman. That's right. At a convention, That's like right. I like one of those things where you accidentally brush shoulders with somebody as you pass them, but I leaned in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was really that was really nice. I got to ride in a cab with Professor Ben Saunders on the way back from the mm-hmm. Vegas hotel to the airport. He's a professor at uh, uh, in Eugene, mm-hmm. University of Oregon, and really has been a uh, just a major. He has that com- comics uh, class, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, a major major star on the the uh, comics as academics um, sort of. Realm. We got to meet uh, Dax exclamation point from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. when we were at Dragon Con. Uh, we're all huge uh, fans of, of the art of drag, and it was a, a real treat. And she's beautiful, and she brought with her a friend from DC named Demanda Martini, Demanda Martini. which is, I think, a great drag name. And also, she's gorge. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a, a lot of fun to to get to, to see that. And Kelly Sudeikis. Yes. So many people. <laughs> so many people. We we we've brushed shoulders and shared ideas with a lot of comic artists too. We've been able to collaborate with people mm-hmm. quite we a always, bit, and that's been really great. We hire a Portland-based comic artist to do all of the um, album art. So we've made friends with some really awesome people like Ben Dewey and Odd Cook and um, Dylan McConus. Dylan McConus did uh, something's rotten. Uh, Aim to Misbehave was uh, Lucy Bellwood, mm-hmm. who then we did the shanty for her Kickstarter. Um, and then uh, Leia the Lacrimer, Molly Sokolow, Hayden, Hayden oh. um, did Take Everything, our very first album cover. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, I don't know, these are people that we really love and cherish and have become friends of ours. Oh, and then we did that show with Gangsta Grass. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gangsta Grass. God, that was a heck of a thing. Right? Yeah, their venue got canceled at the last minute, so they came to play. They are the ones who do the theme song to Justified, and they are... Uh, they are Not like us. They are hip-hop bluegrass. bluegrass. Yeah. And just incredible. They opened for us. They opened for us. It and then they came so on and badly. played... What was our fight? What was our? They did. Oh, uh, they did an in, improv freestyle rap about Inara in the middle of Nathan Fillion. Yep. And that video is up on YouTube. It's so good. We we're just like <laughs> we didn't know what was happening. Just um, you know, keep your eyes open. Yeah. Things will happen. <laughs> Shoot. It was real. That was a good time. What's next for the band? Naps. Wow, I was so so gonna say that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Great minds. What's next? Et What's next? What's next? Um, we are almost finished with our uh, Relatable AF EP. Yep. And so that should be soon. And we're <laughs> performing at the Tri Filkta the end of January. <laughs> so it's Ooh, uh, Conflict, um, <laughs> which, sorry, puppies. Uh, uh, conflict, uh, Festival of the Living Room. Yeah, and uh, GA Filk, which is the Georgia Filk Convention. Uh, we're doing an online set as a guest yep. at the end of um, the end of January. Uh, we've been invited a couple places, but we really don't know. Yeah. Right now, right now we'd rather be safe and keep 
you safe, our family's safe. Um, but rest assured that we have not stopped. Yeah, we we're ready. We cannot stop. We will not stop. Um, except I'll probably take a short hiatus in May because baby. But after that, yeah, I'm hoping that we can get back back to doing more things in person, but only as it's safe. Yeah. Oh, we certainly missed uh, not getting to see you out here. Really looking forward to actually getting to see the band live. Yeah, we were very excited to get to come to Winnipeg, and uh, KeyCon asked us if we would come do a one-day thing in February. Unfortunately, it looks like Omicron is not going to um, cooperate as much as we want to be there. So we will come northward again. We love the Great White North. Yes. Would love, love, love to get to perform in uh, Winnipeg. We haven't been the only Canadian... uh, province we've been in is british columbia yep. yep so i'm sure there are others <laughs> there are several in fact interesting, interesting. yeah the other canada i'd like to go <laughs> there's no canada like french canada no i understand i'm totally down with going to, to winnipeg hell yeah that's that's where guy madden's from he's a he's a director and he's done a lot of stuff about canada including we... my winnipeg which i saw and it was great we'll perform in letter kenny of course, and then we... you know, there's great fishing in Quebec, so we that's, what that's what I hear. Well, I think we're going to uh, wrap that up there. Um, so it's been great having you guys. Finally, getting a chance to uh, interview you and thank all you. together. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Um, anytime, we're we're always happy to uh, get to chat about music and uh, what we're doing. So yeah, we're not doing anything. <laughs> We're keeping ourselves healthy and safe, and we hope that you and your family are too. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, and a huge thanks goes out to our guests, the PDX Broadsides. If you want to know more about the band, you can find them on their website at www.pdxbroadsides.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash meet he geeks. That's right. We messed up on the domain. So that's patreon.com forward slash M-E-E-T-H-E-G-E-E-K-S and help us keep bringing great content and great interviews with the artists you want to know about. <laughs>